the first instance of modern geocaching was in May of 2000. GPS had just updated some of its technology, and you could find these micro-locations. So someone could just come with a few coordinates, and they could find their way to this one specific place, and it find a geocache there. And geocaching, if you're not familiar with it, is basically this sort of fun treasure hunt of finding a location and then finding a bucket or coffee can there, and it's usually full of things like hunting supplies or camping supplies, and just odds and ends, sometimes some old quarters or some toys or who knows, all kinds of things. And it's never very valuable. It's more of a treasure hunt for the sake of treasure hunting, which is kind of wonderful, really. It takes an old pathway that you might be used to, that, that people have walked a thousand different times, and it becomes something new. It becomes something changed. It changes your perspective on it. So this first geocaching was done in the year 2000, and... That geocache was found a few times, and then quickly, it was actually destroyed by a lawnmower at one point. And everything was lost except for one thing, this can of beans. It was called the original can of beans. And you can still go to these geocaching seminars and things like that, and sometimes they will have on display what is the original can of beans from Beaverton, Oregon, the first instance of geocaching. And to me, it, it struck me as a particular metaphor um, for the way that I've started dealing with scripture as I've gotten older. Um, I've been to seminary, I've written a lot on scripture, I've read a lot on scripture, I've read a lot of scripture, and sometimes, to be honest, and I don't know if you're like me, but to be honest, you know, it, it becomes almost like overwalked, well-beaten paths, especially when you have an upbringing like I did. I, you know, I was born on Saturday, in church on Sunday, I am a spark, 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 spark for Jesus. I have a Michael W. Smith tattoo. I am just, you know, basically as evangelistic as they come. And TBH, some of those old ways of scripture had gotten boring to me. And finding these new little nuggets of, of interpretation, history, language, other things that I'd never seen before, have given new dimension to it for me again, have brought some of the treasure hunting back to me reading scripture. And so I wanted to take some of these small treasures, these what I, what I call uh, geocaching scripture, and bring these out of sort of the egghead libraries where they usually sit, and into the hands of regular Bible readers who love the Lord and love the Word, and just want to put the treasure hunting back into it. Enough said. Okay, just to introduce myself, and I won't take too much time with that, my name is Josh McDonald. It's not Josh McDowell. Uh, if you'd like to think of me as Josh McDowell, and this will help you to listen to my podcast and share it with your friends, that's great. Go for it. Um, but Josh McDonald, Jericho, Hamburger, that one. Anyway, um, let's see. For me, I was in ministry for about 10 years. Uh, now I'm in marketing. I went to seminary, Regent College, Vancouver, British Columbia. Go uh, intramural hockey team, whatever it was that we have. Um, and then was a hospital chaplain, was a pastor, 
but I've been in all the way through. I was I was a PK, born on Saturday in church on Sunday. I've done all of it. I mean, it's I think it's important to know that I um, broadcast from a blanket fort. Um, I hide under a blanket in a closet away from my kids because I don't have a soundproof studio. And if you have children, they basically take up a whole house. So I hide in the closet and I talk into my computer. And that's where we are today. And I want to talk to you today about John chapter 21. The epilogue heard round the world. Let's look at this passage real quick. One specific thing I want to deal with here. John chapter 21. Okay, so John, uh, this is the very end of John, last chapter. Jesus has died, has risen again, and is starting to appear to the disciples. And he keeps appearing to them in different ways and to different people and to uh, Mary and to all these other famous appearings. And this is one of the more famous ones. It's kind of just an afterthought at the end of John, um, starting with verse 15. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to Peter a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Very famous passage here, well known. Jesus asking Peter three different times, Do you love me? Now, of course, first year Bible student will run up and talk to you about this. Jesus uses two different words for love here in Greek. He uses the word agape and philia. And agape is the word for God's unconditional love for us, that God has for us, that we occasionally have for each other in the church. Closest metaphor we probably have in our own family lives is a mother, uh, love for a mother for a child. Um, agape, unconditional love. And then philia, which is friend love, which is peer love, sort of mano y mano, talking to each other. Philia, philia love. So the four loves, eros, agape, storga, and philia. So he uses the words agape and philia. And first year Bible students love to say this. They love to translate this and say, so Jesus uses these two Greek words and he says, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you even like me? Peter, do you even like me? That's the question here. Peter, do you even like me? And now first-year Bible students are going to talk about this, how Jesus is talking in a, in a descending kind of way, saying, do you even like me? And I can probably Google up or YouTube up a bunch of different sermons based on this. That Peter is ask, or that Jesus is asking Peter, hey, do you even like me, man? But you have to hold on with that. And don't jump on there too quickly. First of all, remember, Jesus spoke Aramaic, not Greek. So that's already a big difference. This conversation did not happen in this language, so we can't go jumping around saying what Jesus said here. However, we need to look at it this way. So you take a step back and a step to the side. Canon criticism. Canon criticism. Now, that is not a critique of ancient weaponry. That is canon criticism, which is basically critique that is based on the scripture as it was given to us. And that's the that's the school of critique that I favor. Um, there's a bunch of different uh, ways of reading 
And hermeneutics, which is that $1,000 word for your criteria for reading something and how you read it. My way of reading scripture is basically essentially how it came to us. Um, and I believe that it was given to us in a certain form so that we could further understand it. So um, even if things in, in Matthew or in John or, or the other Gospels happened months away from each other, um, the Holy Spirit had the particular writer write that those two things right next to each other for a reason, to bring across a certain theme or whatever it is. So I believe that canon criticism, that something does come down to us in these two different words that are used in John, even though the original conversation was in Aramaic. It's a good thing to keep in mind. Um, but I believe the Greek still tells us something. So you look further into John, and you find out that through the whole passage, there's this theme of friendship, this theme of friendship, philia, that's there everywhere. Greater love has no man than this than to lay down his life for his, what, friends. I have called you servants today. I will call you, what, my friends. Do you see that? You see that? You see how those go together? So, perhaps what John is stepping in through here is that theme where Jesus is not descending to say, Peter, do you even like me? He is ascending to say, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Peter, are you my friend? Are you my friend? Do you talk with me face to face? And that would have been a great compliment in that, in that culture. Think of that Jewish culture where they called you the friend of God. The friend of Jesus. For him not just to say, of course I love you because I am Jesus, I love everyone. But to say, I want to bring you up out of what you're in to be my friend. And that is just the smallest little nugget of interpreting that I just love here. This is this is the geocache for today. From the Blanket Fort, your geocache for today. And I just think this is really helpful. Look throughout, John. See where friend comes up. And think about that. What is the implication? Are you friends with Jesus? You love him. He loves you. He saved you. He died for you. Are you his friend? That would be my encouragement to you when it comes to Scripture. Keep looking. Scripture is lined with jewels. It's just a matter of knowing where to look. There's depths and dimension here, even if you walk this path a thousand times like I have. Even if you were practically born in a church pew, there's more to see. There's more to see. Keep looking. That's geocaching Scripture, my friends. Small treasures in the big truth. Pax Humana. Cheers.